You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode. It is coming up on the end of the year. We're approaching Thanksgiving this week already. 2023 is wrapping up, and you might be in that mode of thinking, what am I going to do next year to get better? How am I going to improve my business? How am I going to improve my sales? How am I going to improve myself? My guest today is Mr. Jeremy Miner with Seventh Levels. It's a sales training program. Jeremy has been featured in Forbes. He's closed over $2 million in sales as a W-2 employee. So to say Jeremy is good at sales would be an understatement. I am so excited to talk to Jeremy because he has quite the story and a lot of information to tell us when it comes to selling in today's world. So, Jeremy, I am so excited to have you. Thank you for being here. This is great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Now, uh, a clarification on that. So, um, when I was a W-2 earner uh, over my, uh, I had a 17-year sales career, I actually closed a bit under Two hundred and seventy-nine million dollars in sales, not two million in sales. So, oh wow, okay. A I'm little sorry. bit of a, a little bit of a, a difference there. Now, you might have been, you might have seen my bio where in the four industries I sold in, um, I averaged uh, a bit over two million a year in commissions mm-hmm. as a W two or ten and an earner. But that would be a lot different than just selling two million dollars in uh, things. But anyways, I digress. But a little bit of a difference there. No, I, I, I'm glad you clarified that. That is important. So and I, I watched some of your video. You have kind of a humble beginning as a salesperson. You were a kid pretty much when you started really selling. You were door to door. It was a different world, a different time, and you faced a lot of rejection. Can you talk about what that experience was like? Uh, yeah, you know, I got into, you know, I got into sales as a kind of a broke, you know, burned out uh, college student. I mean, you're talking, this was what, 2000 and one so like 22 years ago yeah and i I got my you know first job selling home security systems door-to-door basically you know do you ever sold door-to-door ryan uh yeah but it was (laughs) short-lived or short-lived okay right so if you know much about door-to-door for for everybody you know listening to us most companies like the company i work for they basically give you a script and they give you a couple books at least the company i work for by the sales gurus And they kind of drive you out in a van, kick you out of the van. Hey, go make some sales. It'll be easy. We'll pick you up after dark. That was the whole mentality. Right. And, uh, you know, I remember, you know, my sales manager, I remember looking back at him, you know, his name was X and he had this like curly blonde hair, like this hippie guy. He's such a cool dude. And he was like, Hey, Jeremy is like burned in my mind. Jeremy, remember, show them that you believe in the product, show them how excited you are and they're going to be excited and want you to come in and go over all the great things we have. And I'm like, that makes sense. If I show them, I believe in it. If I show them, I'm really enthusiastic, then somehow they're going to be excited as well. I mean, what, what did I know? I was a 21 year old kid. I didn't know anything. Right. So I remember like literally like knocking on the door and being all excited, talking about the features and benefits and how we had the best this and we had the best that and it was going to help them so much with this and this is why they needed it. And I and I remember from that very first door, I, I started getting all these objections. 
You know, yeah. I'm like, what? You know, they didn't tell me about all of this. They said it was going to be easy, but you know, they would be like, we don't need it. You know, we already have somebody for that, or we can't afford it, or it's too expensive, or I need to talk to my spouse. I need to think it over. I need to do more research. You know, call me back in a week, a, a month, a year later, right? If any of right. you listening to me, have you ever heard those objections? And so I remember about, man, it was probably, I don't know, probably about two months in, maybe about seven, eight weeks in. Uh, after hardly making any sales. And when you're straight commission, when you don't make sales, you don't make any money, right? Right, right. And I remember sitting there uh, for the manager. I, it was it was late. It was like a Friday. I think it was a Friday or Saturday night because it was like towards the end of the week. I had made zero sales that day, had worked like 12 hours. In fact, that entire week, because I was almost like, I'm almost going to quit here. That entire week, I'd made zero sales. So I made zero dollars. You're talking 60 plus hours, zero income to show for it. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting there, you know, legs all burned out. You know, if you're walking around all day, you know what I mean, door to door. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, maybe selling, maybe, maybe selling just wasn't for me. You know, have you, you ever felt that way yourself? You know, listen, oh, yeah. You know what I mean, Ryan? Yeah. So my, my manager picked me up that night. He, you know, he plugged in this, this CD. You know, you know, I know 20 some years ago, people listen to these crazy things called CDs. These little yep, round. I remember them. Yep. You remember the CDs? Yep. That was Tony Robbins. And Tony Robbins said something like this. And I, you know, I, I could be butchering it, but he said, You will fail if you don't learn the right skills that are necessary to succeed. You will fail if you don't learn the right skills. Now, the, the crazy thing about it is he went on to say that everyone is taught skills. But he said there's a difference in skill level. He went on to say in that CD that that some skills you learn are far more effective than others. And that, I mean, that to me, I know that sounds kind of weird, but to me, that was like a light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. It's like divine interventions from the sales gods that maybe what the company was training me and what I was learning from, you know, the old sales gurus, maybe they just weren't the right skills anymore. Maybe they were just a bit outdated and didn't work as well. And right. so that put me on the path, you know, while I was in college there selling, uh, my major was behavioral science and social dynamics, which is basically the study of the brain and why and how human beings make decisions. Mm -hmm. And so that put me on the path of how do I take what I'm learning from behavioral science, from the way the brain makes decisions that, you know, and wrap that into a sales process with the right questions asked at the right time with the right tone and, and I started to acquire those skills out of necessity. And, you know, the rest is history, basically. And this is really peeling away the layers of what sales, because I, I grew up in the same sales world where it was just cold call, cold call, door knock. And you're, it's kind of like tunnel vision, right? You're just like, all you're thinking about is like, I've got to make this sale. It's all about the product. It's all about the service. What, what, what have you learned? Like, how how is this dynamic different from the traditional way of thinking in terms of sales? Well, you okay? So, I mean, that that way of thinking, and I and I know where you're coming from because it's it's pretty much the way everybody's taught. And, right. and here's what I always say: I always say, look, it's not your fault. You know, we were all trained that way, so it's not your fault, but it is your what? Yeah. Well, it is your problem. Not your fault, but it is your problem, right? Because most salespeople are taught that selling is a numbers game. You know, just you got to work harder, call more leads, get more no's, get tough skin, face the rejection. Yeah. And I, when I first got into sales, I'm like, that doesn't sound very fun. 
Like I, no. I, I don't, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I was always, the one thing I always had is always questioned everything. Like, why yeah. am I told, does this really work? Like they say, or are they just saying it? Right. So I started to learn and I started to think to myself, like, how can I get better with each conversation? So it, it becomes less of a numbers game every day, every week, every month, where instead of like, you know, originally when I started in as a door-to-door salesperson and the next career I got into was like B2B enterprise, so completely different, but in the same thing, whether you're selling, you know, B2C, business to consumer, B2B business business, doesn't matter. How do I make each conversation more about the quality of the conversation? Now, what do I mean by that? I don't mean like, oh, this prospect's not qualified and that one is, because I hate to say this to most of you, most of your prospects you talk to right now that say we don't have the money, actually do have the money. They're just saying that to you. Yep. It's just a defensive mechanism where they're already spending that same money on another priority. So they say what you sell is not a priority. Then that's what they're basically saying. Now, there are exceptions to the rule. Like they could be, there's no way they can get the money. They're homeless or on the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. But typically your prospects you talk to, for the most part, have the money. It's not like the money does not exist. It's just the priority of where they're currently spending that same money. It's your job as a salesperson to help them reframe their way of thinking, right? And Mm -hmm. take where they're currently spending that money and start looking at your solution as their number one priority. So of course, they're going to go out and find the funding. Of course, they're going to take the money they're spending somewhere else and start spending on your solution. It's just a different way of thinking. So top 1% earning salespeople in every industry view selling as more collaborative, like Mm -hmm. you working with the prospect to help them find and solve problems. It's collaborative, right? Mm -hmm. They have like, who has the problems? You or the prospect? The prospect, prospect, of course. Yeah. The prospect has the problems, not you. Now who has the solution to solve those? You do. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. That's why you have to start thinking about selling. Like they have the problems and or the emotional needs. Like if I'm selling a Ferrari, it solves more of an emotional need than a problem, right? right? So they're the ones that have the problems and or emotional needs. I'm the one that can solve those. So yeah. why am I doing all the work trying to persuade and convince them? I need to learn techniques to get them to do all the work. So that's what I started to learn. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I get them to sell themselves? How do I get them to overcome their own objections? How do I get them to pull me in rather than me push or pressure? And when you start to acquire those skill sets, and that's the right questions asked at the right time, especially with the right tone, you're going to sell a lot more than you are now. Like you're talking tenfold than what you are now. So that's the journey that I, you know, that I had to add a necessity to go on and, and try to figure that out on my own, basically, along with uh, my behavioral science background. And this leads to my next question about this NEPQ, which is neuro emotional persuasion questioning, which yeah. I find fascinating because when I'm, when I'm on sales calls or business calls, I realize that I, I'm over, over time, I've learned how to really start to dive into someone's emotion with the questions. Right. Um, Cause I think early on in my sales career, I didn't know how to do that. I was so focused on the product or the service. Like yeah. you need these features, you, you need this. Well, yeah. and I'm not understanding the person and, and the, and the struggle well, or the challenges. Yeah, right. The thing is, is like, you're not, this is what I always say. You're not selling the thing. Like I, I hate to tell everybody, like, you know, let's say if you're a life insurance salesperson, you're not selling them a life insurance policy. 
Mm-hmm. You're selling them the results of what the life insurance policy does for them when one spouse dies and the rest of the family's financially protected forever. That's right. what you're selling, the results of what that does. If you sell solar, you're not selling them on going solar. You're not selling them on going green. You're not selling them on solar panels, quite Lord, good Lord. You're selling them on the results of what going solar does for them. Lowers their bill, locks in their rate. Eventually they have no bill. That's what you're selling. If you're selling, I mean, I could say this for every industry on the planet. Like if you're selling, you know, if you're a marketing agency selling to a business, you're not selling them leads. You're selling them the results of what the higher quality leads does for them. Right. Uh, Generating more revenue so they can scale the business, you know, causing their, their salespeople to sell more so they don't leave, you know, all these problems that solves, that's what you're selling, not the leads itself. I mean, that's for every industry. When you start to realize that you're selling the results of what your thing does rather than the thing itself, things start to change. So let me ask you this. How do you shape the conversation to move them in that direction to understanding that? I I mean, it seems kind of hard, right? It's kind of a, uh, tight wire rope walk, you know, it's hard if you don't know, because you, I mean, look, here's the thing, you know, Ryan, you probably know this. You can ask the very best questions in the world, yeah. but that doesn't mean your prospect is just willingly going to open up and go deep with their emotions because most of the time they understand why you're asking the questions. And why is that? Because most salespeople sound scripted. Yep. They ask the question the prospect answers, they listen. And then at the end they say, okay, cool. Gotcha. Or, oh, awesome. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm curious, John, let me ask you. And they sound like a scripted telemarketer. Right. So a lot of it is just, I know this is gonna like some people be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was that easy. A lot, most of your sale and the prospect wanting to open up is how you use your tonality to influence them to want to open up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay, and I know nobody can see me. I'd, I'd share my vibeboard here in the office if if we could see each other. But there's there's literally, I mean, there's a lot of tones you really have to learn. But there's five core tonalities that you have to learn as a salesperson if you want to make a lot more than you are now. Even if you already make a few hundred thousand a year as a salesperson, you can quite literally make double or triple that once you learn advanced tonality. Now, a lot of people say, Jeremy, where'd you learn advanced tonality? I did, I never learned it in any sales books. You can't mm-hmm. learn tonality in a sales book, right? right. I, didn't, I didn't actually learn it from any sales trainers because you know I've studied, I think I went through 1,300 some books on sales persuasion and influence over the last 22 years. Mm-hmm. You know, listening to my car or you know, reading or whatever, it's about five books a month times 12 months a year. Uh, I went through, geez, 350 some courses. Wow. None of them really teach advanced tonality. So after a couple of years, uh, when I was in the sales world, I was probably 23 or 24. I started uh, seeing, um, you know, act, you know, I just started paying attention to actors and actresses in their movies. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, it sounds so natural. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know what? Everything they say is basically scripted, but it, it doesn't sound scripted at all. It sounds like so natural that, you know, if you're a George Clooney fan or a Julia Roberts fan, you don't even view them as Julia Roberts and George Clooney, when you're watching the movie, you view them as the characters they're portraying. Right. That's how natural it sounds. Now, I'm like, where did they learn that? So I went straight to the source and I would quite literally, after I got up to making, yeah, geez, I think after my third year, I think I was making about 350,000 uh, or so a year in, mm-hmm. in that door to door. 
So, you know, when, when, when a door-to-door salesman knocks on, you're like, oh, poor door-to-door salesperson, I better give them a water. They're really struggling. Well, if you're really good, they're not really struggling. But anyways, so yeah. I started spending money on hiring um, uh, actor acting instructors from Hollywood. I would wow. fly in for like a week at a time. And I would go, I'd pay, I'd pay tens of thousands of dollars. And one of the first things they train you on, and this is going to sound crazy to a lot of you, is they train you on how to use your facial expressions to change tonalities, even mid sentence that influences your audience to trigger different emotional drivers in their brain that wow. tend to feel different emotions. So the best actors and actresses that you're watching, the reason why you love them so much is because they're triggering different emotional drivers in your brain that keep you engaged that entire movie. So, you know, they would, they, because I, I always say this, your facial expressions are like the remote control to your voice. Mm-hmm. So if I want to sound like I'm having a confused or a, con, a concerned tone, I can't, my face cannot set still like a poker face mm-hmm. and, and then feel like I'm concerned for them. You know, mm-hmm. like I want you to try when you get off here, like try having a confused tone by keeping your facial expressions by not moving your face. Like it's impossible. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah. Can't do it. So, you know, the first tone you have to master is a confused tone. Now, when I say that, people are like, Jeremy, you can't sound confused. They're going to think you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, I'm not going to be confused when I go through my presentation. I'm not going to be confused when I'm going through how the product's going to help them solve X, Y, Z. I'm not going to be confused when I ask certain questions. However, if I'm cold calling and I want them to get to let their guard down, I'm going to act like I'm not quite sure about a few things or who I should be talking to that keeps them engaged. Mm -hmm. Or let's say, and I can give you an example on that of what I mean by that, but let's say, let me give this example. One of the best ways to use a confused tone is when your prospect gives you an emotion, like, oh, I'm just feeling so much stress because of X, Y, Z problem. Hold on. How, how do you mean by stress? Mm -hmm. That sounded confused. Like I'm not understanding. I'm not understanding. How do you mean by stress? And my facial expression goes into that confused look. Now, yep. what that does to their brain is it triggers them. They don't even know they're doing this, but their brain is saying, he didn't understand what I just said. I need to clarify and explain that better. Mm-hmm. So what that does is it causes them to open up and go deeper with the explanation, which causes them to relive the pain about that emotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and a lot of people say, well, I have a hard time getting asking questions to get my prospects to feel pain. Well, the problem is, is if you can't help your prospect relive their pain of the problem, there's no need for them to want to change. Right. right? So what's the biggest emotional driver in the human mind that causes them to want to change? It's pain or the fear of future pain. Mm-hmm. So we can't help them feel and relive the pain of the problem and the consequences of that, or what could happen if they don't change, that prospect does not feel any urgency to change. And if they don't feel any urgency to change, that's why you get tons of objections. That's Mm -hmm. why they don't buy. Pain is good for you and the prospect. And when I explain it that way, people are like, oh, that makes sense. I never never even thought about that before. So that's just a confused tone that triggers them to emotionally open up, right? Now, there's a, like a tonality of a curious tone. Let's say if I'm selling for a marketing agency again, like uh, walk me through, what do you guys do to generate new leads and, and clients so I have more context? That's a curious tone. That is how the prospect interprets why you're asking the question. 
So your tone, everybody write this down, your tone is how the prospect interprets the intention behind everything you say. That's how they interpret it, okay? So mm -hmm. if they feel like I'm confused, they feel like they need to clarify it better. If they feel like I'm curious, the curiosity causes them to open up more, okay? There's another tone you have to learn that's a challenging tone. Now, can I ask a challenge? Can I use a challenging tone during the first two minutes of a sales conversation? More than likely, probably not, because I don't have any trust or credibility yet. But let's say I'm halfway through that conversation or three fourths of the way, and I've built a gap from where they are to where they want to be. I'm going to lean in and ask what we call an NEPQ consequence question that gets them to defend themselves on why they need to change. Okay, but what happens if you don't do anything about this and you keep getting these lower quality leads and your salespeople have a hard time getting a hold of them? Like what would happen to your job at that point? Mm -hmm. See, I start with the skeptical, like a challenging tone, right? I'm yep. like, them away, so they pull me back in. But then at the end, you heard me lower my voice into more of a concern tone. Mm -hmm. Why would I do that? Because I want them to feel like I'm concerned about the consequences if they don't do anything. See, that's a concern tone, a tone that shows more empathy. So besides a challenging tone, a curious tone, a confused tone, you got to learn how to have a concern tone. What, what's really holding you back from moving forward, John? See, that's a concern tone. Yeah. The prospect interprets that, that I am concerned about their situation and they're far more likely to trust me to open up and tell me the truth. And then you have a playful tone. I call it the CCCP. So a playful tone is, let's say that, uh, Ryan, you get on an inbound call and there's a prospect on Zoom, right? And they say, hey, how are you doing today, Ryan? Most people would just say like, oh, I'm doing really good. You know, how are you doing? Which is okay, but it doesn't really help you or hurt you. So instead, I want to be playful. I want them to pull me in. I want them to laugh a little bit. So yeah. do it to me. Ask me how I'm doing. Hey, Jeremy, how are you doing? Well, you know, just hanging out, trying to stay out of trouble. What about you? What are you doing over there? See, that's a playful tone. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, just hanging out, being the boring guy over here. What about you? Oh, I'm sure you're not boring. See? Yeah. Now, what if I said it this way, though, Ryan? Let me say yeah. the same words, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a monotone tone. Yeah. Oh, just hanging out, being the boring guy over here. What about you? Whoa, that's weird. It's that sounds kind of like you're depressed almost depressed and boring. But if I'm like, Oh, you know, just hanging out, being the boring guy, what about you? You being boring over there? Oh, I'm sure you're not boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just let's say if I'm bald, uh, you know, and they can see me, uh, you know, just hanging out, surfing the web for better hairspray. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when my uncle went bald, they used to make fun of him all the See, I just automatically am playful. Yeah. Opens them up. Let's say they're late to the appointment. And yep. they get on Zoom with you if you're doing virtual. Instead of being like, okay, well, thanks for being on and going into it. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to forgive you this time. What are we going to do with you over yeah. there? Yeah. You have to say it in a playful tone and they laugh like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. You know, and all that does is raise your status where they're apologizing to you. Right. You're apologizing to them. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is fascinating. I mean, I, I've never thought, I mean, I guess I'm not self-aware enough to know of my tone sometimes, yeah. but I think that's why we need to go back and, and watch our calls or listen to our calls. Um, because yeah. this, this seems like it's, it's, it's great information, but how do people, yeah. 
how do they train for that, Jeremy? You know, you have to be how, trained by someone who knows how to do it. I mean, that's the thing. Like when I went through sales training early on, there I and I went through everything. I mean, there's really just nothing that trains on it because most sales trainers unfortunately don't understand it. I mean, you yeah. read books from sales trainers that say 93% of the sale is by your is by your is by your nonverbal uh, language, right? That means your tone and your body right. language. Yeah. But then they train you how? It's because nobody knows. Yeah. So I just went to the straight to the source, you know, um, acting instructors, like really good, good ones, not just, you know, uh, you know, Karen down the street, no offense, Karen, that, you know, it's $10 <laughs> an hour. I went to ones that, you know, it would cost me like, you know, 500, 800 bucks an hour, thousand bucks an hour, because I knew that if I acquired that skill, uh, I would make, you know, five, 10 times more, you know, commissions every year. And it, you know, I went from once I started acquiring like advanced tonality, you know, like I said, that year, I think I made 350,000 next year. I made like 750,000 selling the same thing. And then wow. 1.3 million selling the same thing because I kept learning that advanced tonality that would trigger my prospects to emotionally open up because like I said, that your tone is how your prospect interprets the intention behind the question. So let's say if I'm yelling at my teenager and I have my hands out and I'm like, I'm so disappointed in you and my hands are out. I know everybody can't see me. If I simply put my hand, my right or left hand on my chest and I say in this tone, I'm so disappointed in you. It causes them to completely view me differently than me. I'm so disappointed you with my arms out. Right. That triggers them to think I'm angry and they get defensive. But if yeah. I put my hand on my chest and lower my tone a little bit, I'm so disappointed in you. That causes them to feel like I'm concerned for them. It's a whole different reaction. Yeah. So body language, tonality. I mean, it's the difference between making the sale or not making the sale getting your prospects to let their guard down where they emotionally want to open up or them staying surface level. And you ask a question, they give you a vague generalized surface level answer. That's the difference. That's why tonality, body language, the questions you learn how to ask, that's going to either make or break your career. So if you take the tonality part and you also look for those signals to dive deeper. Like you said earlier, somebody says, this stresses me out or I'm worried about this or I'm scared of this. Hold, Is that on. what you want to look for? Are those signals there? Yes, those are signals, but I'll show you another technique you can use. So anytime somebody says an emotional word like stress, frustrated, tension, pressure, mm -hmm. worried, concerned, anxiety, any emotional word, all you simply have to do is repeat that word tension with a confused tone and watch what they do. I want you guys to try it that are listening to us right now on your spouse or partner or friends. In, the next time they say stress, pressure, any type of emotion word, just repeat back the one word pressure mm -hmm. and, and do it in a confused tone. And they'll be like, well, yeah, what I mean is, and they will just dump on you emotionally yep. open up completely by you repeating back the one emotional word. Yeah. Crazy. This is Amazing, Jeremy, because I, I think I've thought about this myself because to be honest, and I'm pretty open about this, I've done like therapy, okay, just to improve myself. And I'm not ashamed to talk about it. Um, but one of the things I'm learning in therapy is we don't we don't learn how to talk about how we feel. I think on a business level, yeah, 
and on a personal level. Like we're not taught it in school. We don't quite understand how to do it. So we, we, we find this stuff later in life, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a vulnerable place to go to, but you have to go there. So um, I think this all ties into also understanding yourself, your own emotions and communicating how you feel. Um, and also learning how to be empathetic to the people you're, you're working with in their situation. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, now you, I want to, I, I know you don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to ask you about your book selling to the, it's an, uns, you, you, you have this phrase unsellable generation, which I think is interesting because I agree with you. I think buyers today are more educated than they were 20 years ago. They have access to more information. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your, your average yeah. buyer, you know, knows, you know, 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, what was the bridge between the company and the consumer? It was primarily you, the salesperson, like people yeah. expected to be educated from a salesperson besides like TV, radio, you know, maybe newspapers 25 years ago. That's the way you just expected that. But with the power of the internet, especially with social media, I mean, your prospects, I hate to tell you, they know that your product or service, your thing they can get from other people, other places. All they have to do is do a simple Google search on their smartphone and they know all about your company, your mm -hmm. price points, who your competitors are, how long you've been in business, what type of complaints you have. Uh, they know everything about you by simply entering in on their phone. 25 yeah. years ago, they didn't yeah. have that. Right? Right. Your your average day prospect knows, you know, they're, they're not going to be manipulated or pressured into buying your thing because they know they there's many other companies that they can get the same thing uh, that you're doing, right? So you've, you've got to learn a much more advanced way to communicate with your prospects, hence advanced tonality. Now, was I born with advanced tonality out of my mother's womb? No. no. You know, were you, were anybody on here born no. with advanced tonality? Were you born out of your mother's womb with advanced questioning skills? Were you born out of your mother's womb with advanced objection handling and prevention skills? No, you have to acquire those skills. Right. You have to learn those skills, right? And if I can learn them, I, I promise you, you know, growing up on a cattle ranch, you know, in the middle of Missouri, outside of a town with less than 800 people in it can learn those skills. Going to go out on a limb and suggest that everybody listening can could probably acquire those skills as well. But you got to know where to acquire them and really work hard at mastering them if you want to be great at sales. So make a lot of money for your family, for sure. So you so, want to talk about the book. Yeah, I want to talk about the book. I mean, I've got to read it. I got to get one, but um Yeah, just I, have them go to Barnes and Noble if they want to buy a copy. We got to yeah. deal with uh, barnesandnoble.com. Just type in the new model selling. But what I what I did here with the co-author Jerry Acuff He's the CEO of uh, Delta Point. They're a large uh, sales consulting firm on the East Coast. Is we wanted to make a book that have a, had a lot of tactical training in it, not just a bunch of theory and fluff about setting goals and how you should be motivated. I think most salespeople understand that. They just want to know what to say. They, they right. want to know what to ask. They want to know how to prevent objections from happening. Like They want to learn tactical skills so they can sell more. I was always bugged by sales books when I read them that they just, I felt like it just, there wasn't much in them. So we put a ton of examples of different questions, why you're asking them. And we even talked quite a bit about tonality. Obviously you can't hear it. So you're not going to master it by reading a book, but you know, we went really into detail. So people that read this book could be like, Hey, I'm going to go use this, this, and this, and 
that, you know, we get testimonials, people just selling more from reading a freaking book, which a book is very basic, you know, compared to what our clients go through, like in our virtual training courses. But this is a good place to start if they want to get this from barnesandnoble.com. Yeah. And it's also available on Amazon too, right? Yeah, Amazon. We have a big deal though with barnesandnoble.com. So everybody, if you're going to buy the book so you can sell more, make sure you go to barnesandnoble.com. It'll cost you like 28 cents more. Get it from barnesandnoble.com. Get it from Barnes and Noble. Okay, great. Yeah, they just get it from the website. Most of the local bookstores in Barnes and Noble carry it. Sometimes it's sold out, so it's best to get it online. But um, yeah, and if they, if you know, and I know we're running short on time, if they want to learn, I don't know, we didn't have time a lot to go into like advanced questioning, but if they want to start learning some of those questions that I'm talking about, like neuro emotional persuasion questions, um, they they're welcome to join one of our Facebook groups. Um, have them go to. I think for your audience, let's have them or your community. Let's have them go to salesrevolution.pro. That's okay. the best one for them, salesrevolution.pro. And uh, there's about 100,000 salespeople in there, all different industries. And uh, we go live in there sometimes three times a week. It's usually about two times a week. And we have different Q&As and, and subject matter training. And, and we give them little golden nuggets, little nibbles in there. So they're welcome to start there if they kind of want to learn about what we do for sure. You know, and I'm 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 in the sales world on the sales world on the technology side with CRM systems and sales automation systems. I work with a, a company called Client Tether, and and I think a lot of times people don't use they don't know how to write messaging that's emotional. You yeah. know, a lot of their emails are so bland. I don't want to say bland, but they're just surface yeah. level, right? Yeah. And do you think that's also a missing key there? Is that in the messaging? Oh, it is for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, we have a lot of marketers that actually. Uh, take our courses and copywriters and and uh, all that stuff because they they just learn how to trigger different emotional drivers to get the people reading the copy to open up more, which right. helps ads convert a lot higher for sure. That's the reason yeah. why our ads convert so high is we understand how the human brain works. We understand like certain things to do that are pattern interrupts that cause the person watching that to stay engaged and want to continue all the way through because they're so curious that they cannot get off the ad. Mm-hmm. So we teach, we teach that in our, our uh, client training courses as well. And what is the Facebook group called again? I want to join that sales revolution.pro. Okay. I'll Perfect. The chat here. Um, yeah. Just have them go to this right here www.salesrevolution.pro. My uh, my uh, assistant probably they should have emailed that over to you as well, but you should have it. Okay, great. Well, if you're listening, uh, people are listening to this, Jeremy, and they want to get involved with more training from you. What is the best way to get started? Do you offer like a evaluation or course or? Yeah, I mean, we, we have 36 different uh, sales training courses at this time. So different price points, different industries. The best place for them is just to join the free Facebook group first, get okay. some golden nuggets. They can follow me on Instagram as well. Jeremy Lee Miner, M-I-N-E-R, Jeremy Lee Miner, if you want my handle i'll even put it here in the chat and get some get some golden nuggets so you kind of understand what we do and then when you join the uh, facebook uh group or you can even message me on instagram and somebody on my team will message you back make sure you follow my verified account it has about i want to say like 500 and maybe ninety thousand followers or give or take a few thousand okay i haven't looked at it in a couple of weeks but uh, follow me there on the verified account and you know, they'll get some, they'll soak up some freebies 
and they can just simply message me and somebody on my team will will let them book with one of our account managers to go through like our advanced uh, training courses for all industries. We train 161 industries at, at this point. So pretty, wow, pretty much everywhere. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for being on. I think this is a great conversation. I'd like to talk to you more in the future, hopefully. Um, if you're listening to this, go join the Facebook group, pick up the book at Barnes & Noble, and follow Jeremy on Instagram. And uh, hey, have a great Thanksgiving, Jeremy, and thank you so much. Thank you, good sir. Yeah, just uh, when they go to Barnes & Noble, if they don't have it there at the bookstore, they can just order it online, barnesandnoble.com. That's probably okay. the best way. That's what everybody tells me because – Sometimes, like I just went to my local one here in Scottsdale, and I I saw like four copies two weeks ago, and then I went like a couple of nights ago, and there were zero. I'm like, what the heck? So BarnesandNoble.com is the easiest way to get it. Okay. Well, thanks, Jeremy. Enjoy your holiday. You too, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, this is Ryan. Are you in the market for a customer relationship management system for your business? Well, before you drop a dime, pick up my book, Customer Relationship Management Exposed, now available on Amazon. Just search Customer Relationship Management Exposed and my name, R-Y-A-N-A-R-C-O-R-A-C-I. This is your definitive guide to saving money before purchasing a CRM, so pick it up today.